0: Why are so many franchises failing? And today I'm going to tell you the three reasons why the modern franchise is failing and what you can do instead for your business or your niche if you're a coach.
1: Hey entrepreneurs, are you working hard but barely seeing any growth? And if you do see growth, is it taking way longer than you would like? If you feel like no matter how hard you work, you always hit a ceiling when you're trying to scale, Business Is Good is gonna help you break through fast. I'm your host, Chris Cooper. I've been able to grow a 200 word daily blog into a $20 million worldwide business. I've actually done it and I'm sharing my personal stories and details of how you can too. The key was to use simple models to grow fast and then teaching those models to others to help them scale too. On this show, I'm going to share those exact models with you. So let's dive in. There's three
0: reasons why the modern franchise is failing. They have no tracking, no learning, or no evolution, and possibly all three. Now, in the old days, when you thought about franchise, you probably thought about The golden arches, right? You probably thought about McDonald's, the prototypical franchise model. Someone who wanted to be an entrepreneur, create wealth for themselves, have some freedom, but who really didn't want to take the risk of starting from scratch with their own ideas that might not work would invest in a franchise like McDonald's. And what they would get was a reputable brand worldwide, nationwide, and local advertising. They would get training in how to make the product. They would be told exactly what equipment to buy, how many milkshake makers, and how many flat range tops, and how many fry baskets. They would get taught exactly how to sell the product. They'd be told exactly what to price the product as, how much of the product or the raw ingredients to order, and how to store everything. They'd be told everything. And while a franchise wasn't necessarily the highest profit margin. You could consistently put in $97 a month and take out 100. It was a money machine. And as long as you had economies of scale, meaning you had low priced labor, lower priced ingredients, and a lot of people coming in through the door, it was a pretty good money machine. It worked, it made a lot of people wealthy, thousands of people. But the modern franchise is something different, and it's mainly failing its franchisees. I'm gonna tell you why. The modern franchise doesn't have the attributes that it needs to survive in a modern information-based economy. I'm going to talk about examples in each of these categories, but I work with franchisees in the fitness space, in the rent-to-own space, in the self-storage space, and also in the restoration space. And so I'm going to share stories from each one to illustrate the three things that franchises need to do if they're going to survive and serve their franchisees better. In the fitness space, franchisees lack tracking. There are a lot of franchises that I've worked with or, or been uh, familiarized with or spoken to at summits or met in person at our summit, including Nine Round, F45s, various kickboxing or boxing franchises, spin franchises, uh, Hard Exercise Works, Fit Body camp. the list just goes on and on. What these all have in common is that the franchise mostly makes their money by selling new franchises. That means that they are incentivized to sell you a franchise, but they're not incentivized to keep your franchise growing. Now, these franchises do come with a lot of decisions already made for you. They're branded. They are marketed. They tell you exactly what to buy. They tell you maybe where to set up a location. They tell you what to do like to deliver the product. right? They're still very, very different from a licensee model. And in the fitness space, the CrossFit licensing model comes to mind. And there are pros and cons of both. For a lot of people, you're still better off to buy a nine round franchise if you like kickboxing than to buy like a CrossFit franchise. But the same could also be inversely true. For a lot of us, we like the freedom of just having a licensing agreement where we pay 3000 bucks for the CrossFit name. We can do whatever we want. The problem in both cases is a lack of tracking. And so you don't know if you're the parent company who is actually doing well. You can't tell which franchisee is actually the biggest and which franchisees are very close to bankruptcy. And so I was talking to a business coach that worked with a franchise company, and I don't want to get more specific right now, I don't want to get him in trouble. But he would tell me that when he would visit a franchise, he would fly into their city with a goal of visiting five franchises the next day and he would come to the first one and he'd think, okay, well, this is a good one. You know, it looks good on the outside. I'm greeted warmly. Everybody's smiling. And then he'd find out that they were two months away from bankruptcy and the parent company had no idea because they weren't tracking. And then he would visit another franchise in this little dumpy location and they wouldn't even want to talk to him because they were so angry about their franchise agreement. They felt like they had been robbed. And so if you're not tracking metrics hey, you don't have to take responsibility for anybody's success. On the other hand, you're probably not going to help anybody become more successful. So the first problem with the modern franchise is that they don't have good tracking. Some franchises do, and what comes next is even more important, and that is no learning. So even in franchises where they're tracking their franchisee revenue or uh, their franchisee expenses or uh, their franchisee client headcount, in most cases, they're still not learning from that. Here's a great example. Nick is an amazing entrepreneur from Texas. And when Nick and I started working together, his tire company was losing him money like crazy. He was getting no help from the franchise. What they were doing was uh, they were putting him on like probation. They were telling him he could only buy so many franchises at a time or so many sets of tires at a time, et cetera. And in a year, Nick turned this thing around to the point where he had a really successful franchise. In fact, they had their annual kind of banquet in Florida and Nick flew out for their banquet and they were doing their award ceremony and they said, fastest growing franchise of the year. And They, they called him up. He won. Wow. He was shocked. He had the fastest growing franchise. And then he took his award. He did some pictures. He held up his big trophy and he went back to his seat. And then they called his name again for Franchisee of the Year. So he gets back up on stage and now he's got these two trophies for fastest growing franchise and franchise of the year. He's totally blown away. He had no idea that he was growing faster than anybody else and no, neither did anyone else. They didn't know. So Nick wins both of these trophies and he goes back and he sits down in his seat and he finishes his meal and then he flies home to Texas. And on Monday, nobody calls him. From the head office. None of the other franchisees call him. Nobody, in fact, says, Nick, how'd you do it? How'd you go from a struggling franchise to the best one that's out there? What are you doing? What is one thing you could teach me? The franchisor does not have an incentive to help its franchisees grow. If it did, they would call Nick and say, hey, what'd you do differently? I can tell you exactly what he did differently. He systemized his playbook, he systemized his sales process, and then he diversified his marketing. So while the other franchisees are still running radio ads, Nick had started investing $1,000 a month in Facebook. And guess what? The return on that was about 12x. So he was getting amazing leads into his shop faster than anybody else. Every single franchise in that system could have learned from Nick. If they had, the franchises would all have grown, become more profitable. And the franchisees would have gone to to that parent company and said, okay, I'm ready for my next location. Because the incentive here for the franchisor is you sell more franchises because the people who buy the franchises are the people who already own other franchises. So the problem here was not no tracking because the franchise did track how many sets of tires Nick was selling, but there was no learning. They didn't do anything with that data. And so that's the second problem with modern franchises. The third problem that's killing modern franchises is a lack of evolution. This is where incentives come into play. The franchisor has some success in the home renovation business and they systemize that success and they license their brand and they give you their playbook and they might make some recommendations or they might even give you some training, but then they will not change that system one iota because to change something in that playbook means they have to bring all their franchisees back and retrain them. To change one thing in that brand means changing the brand on every truck in every franchise. Change, evolution, is costly. It takes you time, it takes you money, and it takes away from your bottom line. And so the franchisor is disincentivized to change. And what that means is that Franchisees are forced into running the same playbook for 20 years. One good example of this is the taxi industry. If you think of your local cab company, every one of their local cabs was like a franchise. And so the drivers would show up for work, they would get in the cab, they would wait for the the local operator to call them up and say, hey, you've got a fare at the the airport. They drive out to the airport. They might say hello, they might load the bags in the trunk, maybe not. They would drive the fare to their location, and they would return to their base. And there was no incentive for the driver to keep the cab clean and smelling fresh. There was no incentive for them to help the passenger with their luggage. There was no incentive for them to give the passenger a bottle of water or provide them with another great experience. Then Uber came along. Uber is a completely different type of franchise that allows the driver or franchisee, if you will, to create a custom experience for the client. Now, people might call this disruption, but it's really just evolution. If you are stuck in a fixed model, a company that is uh, in the next phase of evolution will disrupt your company. They will break you. And you will still be wanting to stick in your fixed model. And this is what's killing a lot of franchises right now is they just cannot adapt quickly enough because it costs them money. Their entire model is set up to resist change, to deliver with consistency, to do it exactly the same way every time for 30 years. And when something new comes along, it is a threat to their franchise model. What can you do instead? You've been listening to this now for 11 minutes. And you're probably asking yourself, Chris, I don't want a franchise. Now I'm not sure that I want to. What do I do? If you're a business coach like me, what you do is you start at the tracking stage. Years ago, when I was working for CrossFit and and most of our gyms at that time were CrossFit gyms, I took a trip out to CrossFit HQ and I said, guys, you don't have to tell me how to run my gym. I'm an affiliate. I love being a licensee. I love the freedom to do it any way that I want. But it would really help me out if you would just track some data. Tracking data would mean that I know who I should be listening to, like who the best gyms are, who's faking it, because even back then there were people faking it, what the average is, so that I know, am I doing better or worse than anybody else? And then maybe I would know who to contact to figure out how to do it better. All you got to do is track. You don't have to tell me, you don't have to make recommendations. All you got to do is track the metrics you know to even just track how many clients does the average crossfit gym has and that's something right and we were out to breakfast and the ceo and the coo were both there and the coo bruce at the time said chris that's a great idea we're never going to do it but you can and so i got really mad and i went back to the hotel room and i stomped around for a day and then i realized that in this crisis was a great opportunity for me and so i started asking myself how can i track this data Now, we do this every year. It costs me about a quarter of a million dollars, and I've invested well over a million dollars into apps to track this data. It's required building um, relationships with other people who track data and being the one to pull it all together and then publishing this for free. That's what I chose to do for the fitness industry. There are other people who do this for other industries, but you can do it for yourself. For example... If nobody is giving you data about how all the other nine round gyms are doing in Chicago, why wouldn't you just call all the other nine round gyms, get them all together and say, how many clients do you have? What do you pay in rent? How much square footage do you have? How many staff do you need? Collect your own data set and share it with them. It's in everybody's best interest in that group to provide the data so that they can have the data from everybody else. And the more that data set grows, the more valuable it becomes. And the more people will want it, the more they'll contribute to it. This has been my experience. So the first thing that you can do is to build your own data set. The second thing that you can do is to get as many other franchisees together as you can and find out who is doing what the best. So this does require tracking, right? Phase one, but it also requires phase two, which is learning. And so let's say that you have a group of 10 tire franchises. You can find out who is getting the most leads per month and everybody in the group can go to that franchise and see, hey, how are you getting leads? And then everybody improves their own lead flow. And then you identify the person who is best at upselling higher value tires or different services. And you say, let's all go to that franchise and see what this person is doing to upsell. And then everybody takes that lesson back and everybody improves their franchise by 10%. And then you ask yourself, who is getting the most recurring customers or who's getting the most referrals, etc.? Who's getting the fewest defaults on this financing? Who is getting um, the best repayment terms, okay? And you you travel around and you kind of build your own mastermind within a franchise. That's what a mastermind should be. It should not be just a pool of brainstorming. It should actually be a collection of people at a similar level who are doing slightly better in one area and sharing that knowledge with the group in exchange for gaining the group's knowledge. They share their one area of expertise and they gain 10 areas of expertise back. So the best advice that I can give you, at this stage, is to find a good mastermind in your niche instead of franchising. If you can do that, you'll have all the benefits of the franchise, which are tracking, learning, and evolution, without all the downsides of the franchise, which are fixed in your ways, failing brands, and uh, fragility. The reason the franchises are failing, and they're not the great value that they used to be, is that they lack tracking, they lack learning, and they lack evolution. They might only lack one of the three, but one is enough to kill you. The way that you can do this yourself is just by forming your own franchise in your mind, by creating a mastermind of other people in your niche and helping one another grow by identifying who is best at what, learning from them, and then sharing your own area of
1: genius. Build your own franchise. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I had a great time recording this episode for you and I hope that you took away a model that you can use today. Hopefully you got a lot of valuable takeaways that will inspire you to take action and see new results in your business. Don't forget to take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate and review the show. That's the best way to show your support and help us get the word out. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at businessisgood.com.